This is Main Street on Prairie Public. I'm Doug Hamilton, and thank you for joining us on our Main Street across North Dakota. You know, uh, we meet some people when we're in the media and get to know them, and we're going to start our show today with one of those people. Because for 25 years, Roger Schobinger traveled across North Dakota to talk to students and others about HIV-AIDS. On August 1st, Roger passed away at the Sanford Palliative Care Unit in Fargo. He was 63 years old. He was well-known in media circles because he was willing to take his condition public, despite this stigma that was attached to AIDS at the time, in order to help educate people about the disease. Roger was a veteran and a volunteer who readily reached out to others. Today we'll start our show by sharing a recording he made for the Red River Rainbow Seniors Oral History Project titled Breaking Barriers, Harvesting LBGTQ Stories from the Northern Plains. Here's Roger Schobinger in a conversation with one of the project's facilitators, Bob Stone. I know that you were in the military. Did you go there right after graduation? I did. Could you talk about the service a little bit? Well, uh, the reason why I went into the Marine Corps was I was struggling with my sexual orientation, and I just decided that if I'm going in, might as well go in the Marines and they'll make a man out of me. Well, then they sent me to Washington, D.C., the gay headquarters of the world. (laughs) What did you do there? I was a ceremonial Marine. I I, uh, uh, did full honors arrival at the White House funerals at Arlington Cemetery. I did parades. You know, I shined my shoes and my cover and my brass and and make sure my white pants were ironed. So you were saying you went in because of your uncertainty about being gay. When did you first realize that you were gay? Twelve. So that would have been in 64. So when did you decide to come out? Well, you know, as I battled it for many, many, many years, um, New Year's Eve 1975, after I got out of the Marine Corps, I was going to stay in the Marines. Um, I didn't mind it. Uh, But I knew that being gay was not going to be kosher, you know, in the Marine Corps. So um, I chose for my release in 1975, in July of 75. And, you know, this was my life, you know, and I didn't realize it until New Year's Eve 1975 when I walked into the gay bar and admitted to myself, that's what I did, that I'm gay, you know. And when I walked in there, I felt at home. I knew I was home. So what about your family? How did they find out about it? Um, Well, I told my mother and my father. We were having lunch. And my dad didn't miss a beat. (laughs) He was eating. My mother just thought it was a phase. And obviously it was not a phase. So, how did this fit into your religious faith? Where did you go to church? And Well, I went to First Congregational. Um, it had nothing to do with my religious faith. Nothing. 
So, um, when did you find out that you had HIV then? Uh, I picked it up May 1st, 1992, and was diagnosed June 30th. And ever since then, um, I've educated myself. I've done a lot of, a lot of talks across the state of North Dakota and into Minnesota about um, a person living with AIDS. Now, so it's been a positive experience. Did you ever feel discriminated against by the public in town? Or? Mm -hmm. I, you know, that's one thing that I just have never felt that I was, I've been discriminated against. And I'm out to everyone. So the YMCA, where I, everyone, I, I mean, everybody knows that I'm gay. They know what rehab, I know I'm gay, you know. I, I make a point to tell them, mm -hmm. because this way I can be myself. Well, and not true. have to, not have to hide, you know, or to put on a facade. Well... In a way, you had a freer life than most of the gay men in Fargo, the older ones. Yeah. Did you notice that a lot of them were married? Or Oh, yes. Now, what do you do for entertainment? Is there anything? I don't. I don't uh, do a whole lot. I go down to the Y and do swimming. I have more 70-year-old girlfriends than I should be allowed to have. And they're fabulous. I, I go to the Lighthouse Church, and they're fabulous there. You know, so could you explain more about what the Lighthouse Church is and where? It's a recovery church for alcoholism. Very affirming. You just, you know. And I go to AA. I watch the Trump soap opera. Hey. <laughs> Spend time with my mother. I spent most of uh, Tuesday with her. You know. Can you talk about what you do with the teen group? Or oh, that was that was very interesting. It was a, a group of high school students, and we would just get together and we would talk about. The, I would give them the experience of knowing someone with AIDS. Mm -hmm. That's basically what I did. There is no right or wrong, you know. I just gave them an opportunity to know me, and so when the when the circumstances comes up, they have a face, you know. And that's a lot of thing. When when I worked with uh, uh, the schools across the state, it's like just giving them a face, you know, the educators, you know, so that they have something to relate, something to relate to, you know. So how did uh... How did you get invited to schools around the state then? Um, I got hooked up with uh, Valley City State College, and they had a program there that every three weeks or so, they would say, hey, we gotta, we're going to go to Rolla, we're going to go to Tuttle, we're going to go here, we're going to go there. So you did a really valuable service at a time where a lot of people were Well, this but... was back in, you know, in the... Um, late 80s, yeah, when there was a tremendous stigma. I just went there and, and just opened up and let them know what it's like, you know. 
sometimes I would even bring a bag full of my medication. Yeah, it's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, How can you afford all those? I, fortunately, I am a veteran. I'm very blessed. Yeah, well, that is with the medicine prices. I'm very blessed. It just, you know, I go in line. I can order and a couple, three days is here. Uh, I would not be alive today had I not had the VA. I have a very close relationship with all my physicians there. So, I'm very fortunate. That was Roger Schobinger in a conversation with Bob Stone for an oral history project titled Breaking Barriers, Harvesting LBGTQ Stories from the Northern Plains. The oral histories will eventually be available from the North Dakota State University archives, and if you'd like to get involved, contact Red River Oral History at gmail.com.